Welcome into this weekend's week's edition of Talking Balls. Still stuck on the weekend. I wonder why. <laughs> Texas goes to Alabama, beats Alabama 34-24. We've been through all the stats. First oh, man. home loss for Nick Saban, blah, 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 blah. It's a lot. First win over an AP top three since 69. Texas top, top, first top five ranking since over a decade, right? We've been mm-hmm. through all that. What we're going to talk about today, we're going to concentrate every week. We concentrate on a position on the football team. And then we get into that position in recruiting this week. We're talking about the edge position. I don't, I don't know why we wouldn't right? Ethan Burke, one of the most improved players on the team, Baron Sorrell, uh, one of the tough guys, uh, the consistent players mm-hmm. in this program. Then you have young guy like Chris Ross coming on as a possible edge prospect and justice Finkley, who does his job really well against the run. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk about that today with Rod Babers. Then we're going to transition to recruiting. We're going to get Rod. Everybody knows my thoughts on Colin Simmons, Zena Mazulu, the targets left, Solomon Williams, and Danny Okoye. We're going to get Rod's thoughts on those guys. And then how does all this mesh together in the future? That's what we're going to be on, doing on Talking Ball today. Before we get to Rod Babers' thoughts, which is why all you guys are here, let's take a second to welcome our newest sponsor, John Donovan president of Longhorn Wealth Management Group. In his more than 30 years of practice, John, as a CFP, has been providing total wealth management services and solutions for his clients. John is a proud UT grad and has served 14 years as Dallas, Texas X's board member. He shares his passion for UT with his wife and six siblings, all of whom are UT grads. It is his passion that led John to dedicate his firm to serving his fellow UT alumni, employees, families, and friends. So learn how to long, Longhorn Wealth can orchestrate prosperity for you and your loved ones. Give John a call at 972-707-4900 or visit longhornwealth.net. Again, thank you to John Donovan, president of Longhorn Wealth Management Group, for being the sole sponsor of Talking Ball. All right, Rod. Of all the surprise players this year through two games, Ethan Burke is mine. You saw the talent in year one, but you also saw how far he had to go physically. But he seems to have accelerated that process a little bit for Texas fans. So your thoughts overall on the edge position, and then obviously your thoughts on Ethan Burke, then we'll get into Baron Sorrell and the backups. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the issues, uh, one of the positions that we were concerned with going into the season. We knew Baron Sorrell was a proven commodity. Uh, He was going to get better as a pass rusher. He still didn't have that – had that perennial pass rushing presence on, on the edges, right? But you did have dependable players, and you definitely had guys with a lot of upside. Those are the guys you're talking about, Ethan Burke now, uh, Justice Finkley, another one of those guys. But we just haven't – a lot of guys weren't proven just yet. I think Baron Sorrell was the only guy that we trusted as a fan base that he was going to yeah. be able to go out there and get it done. Uh, so, honestly, it has been a, a pleasant surprise to watch guys uh, like Ethan Burke play well on the edges and solidify himself. I mean, Sark gave him the ultimate compliment calling him uh, – the mechanic, uh, because he has a workmanlike attitude, and you can see it in his game, too. I mean, at this point, two games, he's got seven total tackles, three of those tackles for loss, two sacks, seven QB pressures, four run stops. Truth is, he probably should have four sacks by now. Yes. One of those uh tackles for loss in the Bama game, and Bobby bought it up. It probably should have been considered a sack because he was Taylor Miro still in the pocket, and then he missed a sack, an easy sack. I guarantee if you asked Ethan Burke about it yeah. in that Rice game, that also you know could have added to the tally. Uh, so there's no doubt he's got a pass rushing presence on that edge. He can disrupt, but I like the fact that he's a run stopper. 
Yes. I like the fact that he actually can stuff and stop the run. It's, it is really glamorous and great when you got a guy that can just rush the pass from the outside. We saw that from Anthony Hill, right? Just guy from this can mow down on the edge, and that's great. But to get yourself in that position, you're going to have to stop the run, right? You're the guy that can hold up against the run. And I love – this is something we, a term we use usually for receivers uh, and other positions, body control. Yes, he has a great uh, he has a great level of body control for a guy his size uh, to be able to control all that mass. And he keeps it relatively high. We talked about this and you made a great point about it. But they, I like him from the two point stance. Yeah. Uh, he does great, man, from the two point stance, takes on blocks really well, uses leverage really well. Um, usually guys that size, what is he, six, five, six, six, something like that. You want him as low as possible with him. He can operate uh, with a relatively high base. Um, and still be able to take on blocks really well and keep his eye level, his, his eyes, his uh, line of sight, uh, where he can go out there and make plays. Best play that pretty much uh, really is an epitome of his overall game is his first sack where he gets cut. Uh, he's able to stay on his feet, big man, stay on his feet, uh, keep it, you know, keep himself poised, uh, get back to his feet and make the sack after he was cut. That was an unbelievable play for a guy his size. Usually, guys that size don't move with that type of agility. All right, yeah. to be able to get back on their feet that quickly. I love his game, man. He's got and I'll tell you what, I think he's just on the tip of the iceberg, too. I mean, this yeah, is a guy, yeah, absolutely, Rod. A ton of talent. And I think in the system, we're seeing it more at the NFL level and all over college football now. Some of these really elite uh pass rushers that are athletic enough, they dropped him back in coverage a couple of times, and they see they seem comfortable with him in space. You talked about his lacrosse days. I wonder if sometimes you'll see them move him in different gaps too. Uh, we're seeing that more. I saw Miles Garrett uh, at the ru- at rushing from the off-ball linebacker uh, this past weekend on mm-hmm. Sunday. We saw Michael Parsons move inside to the B gap and run a stunt there uh, to the outside with I believe it's uh, Oza Adigizua. But my, my point is, you're starting to move guys who are just gifted athletes at the edge around just to find favorable matchups. I wouldn't be surprised if PK put him in a different gap from time to time and moved him around. Let's talk about – I don't want to steal football theory, so we're going to go football athleticism here with Ethan Burke. I want to talk about when you're 6'7", and you have have an 83-inch wingspan, but when you're 6'7", and you're a bendy athlete, when you line up in a three-point stance, it's hard for your first athletic move not to be up high because you got to get your eyes up to see where the action is. Yep. And, And we've talked about him being a lacrosse player. He's accustomed to playing off of two feet. With reactive quickness, using his length and his eyes are up at, at, at a level off a of two foot, mm-hmm. playing off of two feet. But kind of talk about that, Rod. What from we don't, we're not in the mind of PK, but what are the advantages of having him in a two point stance versus not in a three point stance? Oh, especially with a guy that size. I mean, the natural advantage is the passing windows. Uh, or just they automatically the link is immediately in the quarterback's <laughs> vision, right? Exactly. I mean, that yeah. guy, you know, if he's if that guy is coming towards you and he gets he's automatically got his hands up anyway, and he's a little high with the two-point stance. I mean, he really can make a quarterback's life hell, uh, just trying to find passing windows around that guy. Uh, so that's part that's that's number one. But what I like uh, ultimately about his game is when he takes on when he gets to the point of contact, when he takes on a block, he he immediately gets his pad level low, immediately yeah. uses leverage. That's got to be a lacrosse thing. Usually that's the whole point. You want to got to yeah. stay low, even from the, the point of their stance and even when even through their pursuit, their, found, their technique, their foundation, fundamentals. You want guys to stay with their pad level low. Uh, he actually kind of, you know, is a, a bumblebee in that aspect where yeah. he, he, he – 
he violates some of those those common you know those common theories about yes. football and that common logic because he actually can stay uh i think stay with his pad level relatively high but when he takes on the block or when he's got to rush the passer you can see him dip and you'll see him get low it's just uh guys like that usually can't do that naturally but maybe it's because of his lacrosse days maybe right. it's because he's just a hell of an athlete hell of an athlete uh, yeah hell of an athlete but you don't see guys like that able to uh kind of lower their pad level immediately upon contact it's usually a process that takes him a while he never gets caught with high pads no. You would think somebody would get underneath him at times. Right. I see plays where they can kind of get underneath them and push them back. You don't see that with him. Uh, it's very interesting, man. He's only a small sample size, but you got to be excited about what Ethan Burke brings to the table. And now the next part of this growth process for Ethan Burke is it, people will have to start game planning for him a little bit, and they're going to try to find a weakness and get at that weakness when he gets in, comes into the game. But I think the other interesting thing, Rod, for me before we move on to Chris Ross – uh, we know what Baron Sorrell is. Actually, I said, talk about Chris Ross a little bit because we also know what Justice Finkley is. He's a good guy against the run, not going to be a pass rush guy because he doesn't have that length, but he's really solid against the run. The other thing is I think we've seen more front flexibility through two games than maybe we thought in the summer. With Alfred Collins coming on, right? Yep. Ethan Burke hadn't even started the first two games. That's the thing because they've started in the big front, right? The bare front, whatever you mm -hmm. want to call it. So we've seen more front flexibility through two games for taxes. Yeah. Uh, it, it, even Sark talked about that in one of the press conferences. He talked about the multiplicity uh, yeah. with the defense now, how malleable they are. Uh, and that's a good point. It, it starts with the defensive line, right? You got to have right. guys that can play multiple shades up front. And yeah. Texas has a few guys that can do that. Uh, they got Alfred Collins. I think he's where it starts. They can play him inside. They can play him outside multiple fronts. And you'll see them when, um, you know, I think it's mostly on passing downs. I've seen it where they have three down with the kind of two overhangs. Yeah. They'll pretty much have three defensive tackles on the field. They just kind of trust that those uh, those guys are pa great pass rushers and penetrators uh, as well. But on the edges, I, I do think you'll start seeing – I, maybe I'm, you know, just be theorizing here. I, I hypothesizing. I think PKL started moving some things around a little bit. He's got some pieces where he can do that. And I, it includes a guy like Ethan Burke, who yeah. I think just, you know, moving him inside. It's, it, he's such a, you can have him rushing from the edge. It's a twist or a stunt. You can just start him out inside. Right. Because he's so athletic. And then you can you can move him around a little bit with a twist or a stunt or some games up front. So you can still have him on the edge, but I'm just talking about changing up the presentation. And, and PK's doing a decent job with that, and I wonder if you'll get more there. Remember, we saw some funky stuff from PK uh, when he had these stacked fronts where he would stack different guys behind yeah. each other. Uh, he did Hacky Kendrick, Coburn, I believe, was one of those guys, and uh, Byron <laughs> Murphy. And I, that was fun stuff. I think there's more – uh, in the creative bag for PK, looking at how athletic the, the front is, but especially starting now, they trust his DNs. I don't think he knew he was going to have, you know, DNs that he trusted like this, and edge yeah. rush that he trusted. I think now that you've got Ethan Burke, you've got Baron Sorrell, uh, you talked about Justice Fickler, another guy that's very dependable. I think you've started seeing PK do some very different exotic things with this front coming up soon. And let's talk about Chris Ross, the last guy uh, to talk about with the edges right now. I think we'll see some more of the Jamon Tap, some of those Colton Vosick as the season moves along. But Chris Ross has been one of the revelations of fall camp, right? What he's already proven in two games is um, he has the quickest first and second step of any edge rusher for Texas. And he's he's so now he's become intriguing to me, Rod, because I'm wondering where he can go as a player. He came in as a three-tech, five-tech prospect. He lost 25-ish pounds after coming into Texas. Now he's back up to 255. 
but he's found his home on the edge. He's not going to be an interior guy. And that quickness uh, is really intriguing because he's got an 81 or 82 inch wingspan at six, two and a half. Mm, I yeah. remember that from having him at Under Armour camp. Kind of, I know we got a long way to go with Ross, but what a long runway, but kind of what have, what have you seen from the little bit uh, so far this year? Yeah, people are excited. That's one thing you do know the BGL, right? Yep. The ball get off. Uh, it's it's next level, um, and that's something you can build on. And you see a lot of guys naturally; they don't have that. They got to work right. on it. They got to work on the timing, um, and they got to work on the burst uh, out of that stance. That's not something he needs to really work on, and maybe he's already worked on. It. I don't want to take away from the from the young man, but that's something, uh, in my opinion, that really is kind of for a natural pass rusher. That is usually one of the traits. That's one of the signature traits for natural pass rushers. Yep. Even at the NFL level, at the lowest levels, you'll see guys, they initially have that burst off of the football, making a tackles like hell, right? Um, and really wreaking havoc on the technique and fundamentals of a tackle, trying to get back in the right place. And he he's one of those guys that does that consistently. Um, so I think for, for him, you know, it's just about him applying, uh, you know, that BGO uh, with some with some pass rushing moves. Um, and then making sure as a run stopper, like I said, it's not just as a, you know, a pass rusher, him yeah. as a run stuffer, that it also, that's something that can be advantageous to him, right? It's not something that takes him out of the play. He's not a guy that's always coming around. Here. Sometimes you got to be able to seal the edge um, right. and not just be able to come off the edge. So uh, for a guy like him, that's what you say, he lost 25 pounds and gained it back. Gained some of it back, gained yeah. about 15 back. Yep. As a run defender, sometimes that can be a struggle because, you know, how do you, you know, how's that translate to your game, right? Are you physical uh, with that weight? Do you do you know how to use uh, that weight with your, your technique? Is it something that helps you in leverage, taking on blocks? So uh, for a guy like him, I think it's about the fundamentals and the technique of playing the position since that's might be relatively new to him. Uh, but I love the natural traits, man. Like I said, the BGO, you can't teach that. And usually, you know, guys don't have, you know, guys who aren't great pass rushers. They don't have that naturally. He seems like he's got the BGO. Not saying he's a naturally a good pass rusher, but that's one of the traits you build on. That, he's that got the field. trait to start with. That to me, that and, might be. And, the, and this staff is one developing trait. players, and that's what makes him intriguing to me, Rod. Is we've yeah. seen player development. So you take a guy with that BGO, and he may be a designated pass rush specialist more so right now. But we're seeing what is this guy going to look like next year? We've seen the progression of Ethan Burke. Yep. What's Chris Ross going to look like next year? Now, Chris Ross is going to have serious competition coming in. Uh, you're listening to Talking Ball with my uh, Jerry Hamilton and Rod Babers. Rod was the player. I was the one that watched the player in this scenario. <laughs> um, but I want to take a second. We have a special on Inside Texas right now. Uh, for all you guys uh, uh, that are on, on Texas football, go over to Inside Texas, fastest-growing Texas site, we internet website in the market on Texas. Football is by far the fastest on uh, a YouTube uh, growing Texas uh, coverage uh, place in the market. Inside Texas, pro use promo code OTFIT23, OTFIT23. $1 for two months, must select the monthly offer. Again, Inside Texas, promo code OTFIT23. All right, Rod, now it's time. We This is our third show. First show, I brought you DBs, let you swing big out of the gate. That and was it was Tony Black that caught your attention. Oh, man, he's smooth. Last week we went OL after the Rice game because we need to talk about the OL having to get more physical-headed in Alabama, and boy, did they. And Daniel Cruz impressed you. I'm not oh, going to ask who impressed you this week. I'm just going to say the name Colin Simmons. 
And I want you to just tell me your thoughts on Colin Simmons, and we'll get into that conversation after that. I mean, the guy looks like the total package. I mean, it's just that simple. We talked about BGO. I got that in the notes. Gonna yeah. you can see it there. Got Special ball, BGO, you know. right? Yes, right there. That's the first thing, first note I made uh, in uh, doing the evaluation. But it's acceleration off the line of scrimmage. It's almost yeah. like he's trying to be a wide receiver coming off the line of scrimmage, the way he accelerates. He's long and rangy and almost, almost I want to call him slender and lean, right? He's, he's yeah. He whatever weight he is, he's 225. He's 225, right around there. Yeah, man, he carries it well. He's got room to put on, I don't know, 25, 30 pounds easy and still carry it really well. Uh, of muscle. So I love that about him. I love how versatile he is. I mean, they you know, you know, sometimes you know, they had him coming off the edge, uh, in the two point. There are other times where they kind of uh, moved him around. He looks like a guy that. He's an athlete up there. I mean, that's that's really what he looks like on the front. Doesn't even look like a, a pretty much an outside linebacker or a defensive end. He looks just like an athlete put up there. But I like the fact that sometimes he's down to two point. A lot of times he's up, uh, he's, he's down to three point. They'll put him in a two point. They'll move him around the front a little bit. I think that's kind of the future for freakish athletes. I've talked about that. Um, he delivers a pop on contact. Yes. Loves that about his game. Uh, when he gets when he gets there, he's gonna make his presence known. Um, I, I think that's a good part of his game as a defense. He loves the dip, the, the, the dip, and he's got great bend for yes, a big man. man. I love, like I Anthony love, Hill bend. Anthony yes. Hill bend, right? We saw yeah. it Saturday night. Oh, man, you saw And I, I love that about his game. That's, it seems natural, too. Um, yeah. I, I'm sure he's got a coach, but I love the dip and the bend. Um, and at the point of contact, you can tell he's got active hands, too. Usually shedding blocks with his hands. Love that about it. I would love to know what his 10-yard split in the 40 is. Yes. Because I bet his 10-yard split is awesome. I bet it is, too. That's a great point, Ross. Man, and I, I don't think he tested at Under Armour Camp last spring. Oh. So we don't have it. But I'm, I'm with you. I bet the second he walks into the Texas program, he's a top 10 guy in 10-yard split. What do you I'm think? with you. It, it, it seems to me just watching his – it just that his burst – uh, within that that five to ten yards is unbelievable, and that's that's his area, right? That's where he's working. Uh, you see right there his pursuit to the football. Uh, he's got that kind of speed where he can pursue the football too. But I don't know, and he's got pass rushing moves for a young guy. He's got I seen the dip and rip. Yeah, uh, I saw the swim move. I saw the uh, the up and over. Right, he's got the speed rush working. I saw like four or five different pass rush moves too. Shows you a lot of maturity. Uh, within his game, Rod, and you know he he's held to prepare for in high school football, right? He had 22 wow. and a half sacks last year, 33 tackles for loss. This year, Duncanville can't even get people to play him. They were off last week; it wasn't scheduled to be their off week. People just won't play him. But he causes high school tackles to lunge, right? Because oh. he's so quick, and you're you're trying to get to him, so you end up lunging, bending at the waist, and you're dead. Plays yeah. over at that point, right, on the high school level. But for Texas fans watching this, Ooh. this is his junior tape. This is against a great schedule. I mean, we've seen Duncan well, – sorry, we've seen Cedar Hill, DeSoto, Modern Day. I mean, we've seen some big-time teams on, on this uh, highlight reel, South Oak Cliff, who they beat yeah. in the season opener. Uh, but there you see great hands. But the thing about yeah. Colin too, Rod, I want to tell Texas fans, that he's got an alpha mentality. He knows mm -hmm. he's really good. Yeah, Um and you have to be. I mean, he plays like it. You can tell on tape. You can't always tell some guys on tape. You can tell. Swagger. But he works his butt off. That's the thing, though. It's like John Tay Cook. He didn't come into Texas as a five-star and work like a three-star. This guy goes down and trains at Collective with Jeremy yeah. Hills and those guys. He oh. trained with Micah Parsons down there this summer. Wow. He puts in work. Um, he really does. And so, let Rod, before we move on to Zena Umezulu, let's talk about this real quick. Step into the world 
of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Texas has gone from when Sark got here to having nothing that can produce pass rush off the edge. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a black it was a black hole, right? It was you you had you had you had some good players, but they were not they were not they were not impact disruptors on the edge. That's right. That's yeah. right. Good That's players. right. So yeah. maybe I was a little mean, but no, yeah. no, no. I felt you though. I felt you, brother. I feel you. I mean, <laughs> but now you're looking at Colin Simmons coming, and you're seeing the growth of Ethan Burke, and you're seeing what Anthony Hill's doing two games into it, and next year you're looking around saying, "This is actually going to be a strength of the Texas program." Yeah. And you know what he's doing that, Jerry? He's doing that with with premium positions, what the NFL considers to be premium positions. I don't know. I'm not saying that he's thinking, oh, what the NFL wants, that's what I'm going to develop. But apparently, like in the new age of football, these are the positions that have the most impact in in a lot of people's minds. It's centered around quarterback, quarterback, then the wide receivers, then the cornerbacks, and the edge rushers, and the left tackles that protect them, all that kind of stuff. And it looks like at Texas, you look at those positions, the premium positions. And look how they're being stockpiled. Quarterback, yeah, wide receiver, left tackle, right? On the offensive line with the tackle positions. Now we're talking about the edge rushers. Yep. So I think actually edge rusher may be one of the last positions he's getting to. That it is. Right? It is. He's getting it right. It just took a little right. Yeah. It, it seems like he cool. already stockpiled quarterback, wide receiver, the yep. O-line, left tackle. Looks like he stockpiled those positions. Now a cornerback, I think he already got to that when they got some good good young players at cornerback. And it seems like now he's like, all right, we got to get to this edge rusher position. We yes. got to make sure we're stockpiling it. And not saying he's ignored it. No. Uh, but now I think I think all the other, like I said, premium positions have been addressed. The only one that hasn't truly been addressed, and honestly, Ethan Burke is like, hey, I addressed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. I addressed yeah. it. I did it. Don't worry about it, coach. I got it. Uh, but for, in terms of the future and depth, he want. I think now you're gonna get a focus on it, and he's gonna start stockpiling some true impact players at that position right now. Yeah, no doubt about it. And and that's the thing. They are the defensive tackles. Those big time, big time D tackles and edge rushers are the hardest ones to get in recruiting because they're the fewest that are that much of a difference maker. And those right. are true recruiting battles around the country, especially in the SEC region. All right, next we're gonna move to the. Latest Texas commitment. That's Zeno Mozulu, brother of Neto. Um, Rod, an interesting prospect. He's six four and a half, two twenty-five, oh, yeah. eighty-one, eighty-two inch wingspan again. And he's a little more raw, but uh, as Bobby Burton said, of all the kids that vi- made official visits in June, he was a top five guy when they looked at him and said, This this guy could become something. 
But what did you see on tape? I, there's more, mostly sophomore tape, a little junior stuff out mm-hmm. there. He's not a guy that puts out his highlights in his weekly huddle very much. What did you see from Zena uh, on the, the limited tape uh, that we have? Yeah, uh, first of all, uh, he's every bit of 6'4", 220. Yeah. He yeah. looks bigger than that. He looks bigger. He can't, Yeah, yeah, he looks I, bigger. He looks a little bigger than that, and maybe he just carries it well. Maybe he's got some, I don't know, some bulky pads, whatever it is, but I thought he actually looked bigger. I love to see the young man without pads on. Um, but pedigree, you yeah. know, some people are like, oh, pedigree. No, pedigree matters, man. It does. It matters. I can show you the numbers about NFL players who had somebody in their family who was once a pro athlete or mom or mom or dad was a college athlete. It does matter. Those genes matter. Uh, (laughs) And trust me, he's got them genes. uh, No doubt about that. So I I love that. Love the pedigree. Also, there's something about growing up in a household with another elite athlete, uh, whether it be a dad or a mom or a sibling, because they're, they're old souls. Because they had the parent or the brother or the sister or the dad that let them know exactly, you know, how the way things are supposed to be done, how to conduct yourself, how, you know, the work ethic, what it takes to sacrifice, the commitment, the time, all that stuff. That also is a big part of with the old souls of guys who have that pedigree. But I love he's got good play strength. Uh, Love that about it to fight through blocks. You can see him. Um, and they have him. I mean, he's an aggressive player. Aggressive, he yes, he. I mean, it, <laughs> you can tell, you can just watch the highlights of him, and there'll be times where he's trying to, he's not trying to tackle a guy, all right. He's trying to either make that guy feel it or he's trying to finish off the play with emphasis. Which yeah, I like. Rod, to your point, he he grew up going against Neto. He has no choice but to be physical. There you go. Boom. Neto there you go. Put those 82 inch wingspans and slap him. <laughs> slap him with those hard physical hands, right? Imagine that sibling rivalry, right? It Whoa. got really serious. Yeah, no question. I wonder if they did one on ones in the backyard, man. That's better than an <laughs> Under Armour Nike camp if they did. No <laughs> doubt. So, exactly. So, I and, and like I said, I love that he's aggressive. He's an aggressive player. I've seen him in a two point. I've seen him in a three point. I mean, look at this guy. Hey, is that similar to Ethan Burke? Wow, look at that. He didn't grow up, he didn't grow up playing lacrosse, but is he going to be used in a similar way to Ethan Burke? It sure feels like it watching him on tape. It's a great point. Uh, like I said, he was in the four point. I saw him in a four point stand sometimes too. He's comfortable. Uh you can sell so that to me, that that means he's comfortable in a lot of different pad levels. Like that about his game. High motor. We just saw it. I mean, his motor is high, extremely high effort player. Love that too. And I mean, I have some rundown on punt coverage. I thought on one of the highlights. So that shows you his athleticism. Yeah. And I'm with, I'm, I'm with you. I think he's really raw, which when you were talking about, you know, checking one of the boxes that Sark has checked that has really turned around Texas football, it's development. Yes. I mean, this is the, your world, uh, Jerry, you think you, you, you pay attention to that and evaluation and development. We've seen development here uh, at Texas now, probably, at a higher level than it's been since, I don't know, 2008, 2009, right around there. Yeah. Um, now you can go after raw prospects. I mean, now you can go after guys yeah. who have that, this raw trait, raw athleticism. They don't have to be close to a finished product at all because you're confident that your team and your, your developmental staff, that they can get the best out of that player. Um, so I, I love that too. Now it's, that's, that's a totally different landscape than Texas was in, I don't know, four or five years ago. Yeah, and to your point, Rod, this is a guy who can come in and they can develop him over that first year, get his body where they want it. See, they had to play Ethan Burke last year. If they were in the position they were in now, they probably could have redshirted Ethan Burke. And think about him as a redshirt freshman right now. Uh, So that's kind of what I think in terms of uh, Zena. Uh, Rod, before we get to Solomon Williams, who I'm extremely high on, 
I want to take a second again to thank our sponsor, uh, the newest sponsor, the sole sponsor of Talking Ball. It's John Donovan, president of Longhorn Wealth Management Group. In his more than 30 years of practice, John, as a CFP, has been providing total wealth management services and solutions for his clients. John is a proud University of Texas graduate and has served 14 years as a Dallas, Texas Exes board member. He shares his passion for University of Texas with his wife and six siblings, all who attended University of Texas. It's, it, is, it is this passion that led John to dedicate his firm to serving his fellow UT alumni, employees, family, and friends. So to learn how Longhorn Wealth can orchestrate prosperity for you and your loved ones, give John a call at 972-707-4900 or visit them at longhornwealth.net. Thank you again to John Donovan, president of Longhorn Wealth Management Group. All right, Texas will probably take a third edge in this class. Um, Danny Okoye, which we're not really going to talk about as much, he's a lean to Oklahoma. He was there for an official visit last weekend. If he doesn't show up in Austin this weekend with his mom, he's committing to Oklahoma on the 20th. So if we need to come back and talk about him another time, we will. But I want to talk about Solomon Williams. Rod, one of the things I love in my side of the business is Sunshine State underrated three-star prospects (laughs) because they come out pretty raw. There's no athletic period in Texas high school football. Sometimes I'd go to schools, there'd be three full-time coaches and the rest of the guys are work as a fireman or whatever and show up for practice and help coach. This kid is 6'2", 250. He's mm-hmm. kind of jacked up naturally, but he hasn't yeah. scratched the surface physically. But one of the things we've talked about with Anthony Hill and Colin Simmons, and he's not that level athlete like Colin Simmons, so Texas fans, don't get me wrong, he seems to have a natural feel for rushing the passer. I, mm-hmm. I wonder what you saw on tape with Solomon Williams, who's going to officially visit either this weekend or for the Kansas game September 30th. It's interesting you say that about him being a natural pass rusher. Uh, I put havoc-minded uh, on my notes. I circled it. He's a havoc-minded player, which means he's a he hunts the football. He is hunting the football, and he tracks the football really well. And I also wrote that he doesn't stay blocked, uh, but doesn't even engage with blockers if he doesn't need to. You'll see right. some players, they almost think they need to engage with a blocker, even if the block blocker has bad fundamentals or is out of position. It's like, no, you don't have to engage with him. If you can get right around him, just go right around him, go right, right through him, shoot the gap. He does that a lot. He'll just he'll just shoot the gap. He'll see the football. He'll shoot the gap, go right around the block. He loves the, just a simple dip move to, to just kind of get, get himself a little leverage and go right around the block. You'll see him do it probably four or five times just on the highlights alone. I love that about his game. He, it's, he's, it's not like he's not going to waste his time right. <laughs> unnecessarily with an impediment to the football if he doesn't need to. Yep. Now, some people, they, they say, well, the coach told me I need to set the edge and do this and I need to squeeze the blocker. And I, and, and he probably fundamentally, those guys are probably right. But like I said, we're always saying about havoc-minded players and ball-hawking players. They don't think about that. They think about the football. Uh, they're, all, they're about getting to the football. He's a guy that's about getting to the football. I love yep. that about his game as a havoc-minded player. Um, he's relentless. He is. He's, he's a, physical and relentless, Rod. He is, physical he is and relentless. relentless. Yes, he's a relentless hunt. I would say he hunts the football. Um, I love his closing speed. And I, I've seen this with, man, and you notice, Joe, you probably have a technical term for an evaluation where a guy is he's tracking the football. So he's running, obviously. He, I, I'm assuming he's sprinting. But as he gets closer to the ball carrier, 
when he closes, it's almost like he becomes an ex- there's an explosive yeah. closed yeah. to the ball carrier. Yeah. And I'm like, did he hit another gear when he got to the ball carrier? Yes, two he, gears of suddenness. <laughs> yes, he yeah. had that. He's yep. either been tracking the football, and then there's a suddenness when he gets to the football, him closing. I had I had as elite closing speed, but I love what you said. I think it's a suddenness when he gets around the football that I it's unbelievable. I love it. Yeah, I, I mean, you think about that, Rod, with him is the other thing I noticed with him is he can speed rush you, but then he also has the ability to almost gear up, gear down. He can stop and dance around you if he has to, even though that's not ideally what you want him to do. It's a feel thing for me. Yes. And they yes. got and they'll coach him up, but he's got that shows feel for football. Dude, that's crazy you bring it up. I was just listening to JJ Watt, so be a future Hall of Famer. He said the same thing. He said oftentimes he would out of his stance, he would stand up a little high and give like a, a few kind of uh false steps. Yeah. He, he kind, of, kind of false steps. Like you beating press coverage, right? Yes. And he said essentially it would throw off the technique of the tackle. Yeah. It would force them to take false steps. Yeah. And then they would their their fundamentals and or technique are thrown off. And then he would, you know, obviously pursue the football and rush the passer. There's a little bit of that. And I don't know if Solomon's thinking it through through that depth, but there's a little bit of that naturally in his game. Yeah. Uh Solomon's game where he's like, no, 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 I don't it, hey, I will I can throw off their fundamentals a little bit with my uh the way I pursue the football. And like I said, there are times where he just doesn't even engage. Because he doesn't doesn't have to. He sees a he sees a, a smarter, easier way to the football. Yeah. And works smarter. He's a work smarter, not harder guy. That's right. And I love that about his game. There you go. That's Rod Babers, and this is Solomon Williams. You've been watching Texas fans again. We'll visit Texas officially um, at either this weekend or September 30th. He goes to Oregon September 23rd when Deion Sanders comes to town. Ooh. You talk about a raucous environment in Eugene Ooh, now. That's, that's going to be crazy. Gonna be I, if I was Texas, I might bring him in the week after that visit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might not want that to be the last visit he takes before he makes a decision. He's also may go back to Alabama for the Tennessee game. He's officially visited Bama. But, look, if Texas takes a third edge, with what we're seeing from the pass rush development, I think this guy would be a great third edge in this class, Rod. I just think he fits where Texas is going. I think he's a guy that can also drop in coverage a little bit. He's that at level athlete. Uh, but everybody, for Texas fans, that's been this week in, week's edition. I said it again, week's edition of Talking hey, Ball. Still thinking about with it. Rod Babers and myself. I'm stuck on the weekend. It <laughs> may take me into a Wyoming game to get away from that Alabama game. The players are much better at moving on with it than I am right now. Uh, but for Rod Babers, this is Jerry Hamilton. This has been this week's edition of Talking Ball. Next week, we're going to come back. I haven't exactly picked where we're going. I'm leaning the running back. I just have a feeling going to Waco that we may be talking about running back next week. Uh, So thank you, Rod, and we'll talk to you you, Tuesday night on the Longhorn live stream. Welcome.